Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast on Tuesday, June the 1st, the first day of summer. Hope you had a fantastic bank holiday weekend. First up today, surge testing is getting underway in Canterbury after a rise in cases of the Indian variant of coronavirus. Now, people living, working or studying in the CT1 and part of the CT2 postcode areas are being urged to get checked over the next two weeks, even if they don't have any symptoms. Mobile testing units are being set up in the city for walk-in appointments, but bosses say it's just a precaution as numbers are still very low. Kent's acting director of of public health is Alison Duggle. She's been speaking at a news conference today. Come and get yourself tested. It's a PCR test. It goes off to the laboratory. It gets tested and then sequenced and we can have a look and see whether we have any of the variants that we are concerned about. So the reason for this is that we've seen a slight increase in the rates of COVID over the last couple of weeks. In particular, as of the end of last week, we had 30 cases of the so-called Indian variant in Canterbury. And what we want to do is we want to investigate where that has come from and make sure that if somebody is asymptomatic and has the variant, then they know about it and they can take appropriate action. That way we can stop the spread. And obviously one of the things is, you know, sort of this testing. However, you said, you know, it's to track the spread and give people their results. Obviously one of the things we saw when this happened with the Kent variant in Maidstone is that it took weeks for people to find out. Do you feel that, you know, that being a case, it may be quicker this time? You may be more prepared? Yes, so um, what's happened is, uh, uh, as you know, the laboratory system is is organised by uh, the NHS and by central government, and there has been a lot of work to increase the capacity within that network so that we can have more sequencing of the results. So I, I don't expect it to take the same length of time. It should just be a matter of days before anybody gets the results this time round. It seems that the majority of cases are occurring in the kind of younger people, people who haven't necessarily been, been vaccinated yet, which obviously makes sense. But we are seeing, I mean, at the weekend there was a party, a house party of 100 people in Canterbury. It seems that young people are kind of, you know, perhaps beginning to ease their, their, their cautiousness now. Do you, do you have any concerns about, about how the younger demographic is, is behaving at the moment? Or do you have any advice as to how they can help curb the spread? So I was younger one, it's hard to believe. But, um, Certainly, I understand why people want to uh, be out and about, they want to see their friends, they want life to go back to to normal, but we're not quite there yet. So what I would say is uh, it's really important younger people actually get themselves tested. Anybody from the age of 12 upwards can be tested as a mobile testing unit. I'd urge people to be sensible, thinking about, you know, not going to huge house parties and and mingling with everybody and, and basically spreading your viruses. So um, I, I think just let's have a little bit of caution. Let's try and get everybody tested. We can get on top of this and life will start to return to me. 
Meantime, a leading scientist advising the government has urged ministers to delay lifting England's remaining lockdown restrictions until the schools break up for summer. Professor Ravi Gupta says the proposed date of the 21st of June is a bit early because of growing cases of the Indian variant. However, the hospitality industry is warning that failure to lift restrictions later this month would be devastating for businesses. The British Beer and Pub Association says 5% of venues can't even open now because of the measures in place. Well, in a story last week, we asked you if restrictions should be eased as planned on June the 21st, and 53% of you who responded to the poll said no. The Indian variant is too much of a concern. 33% said yes, restrictions should still be lifted, and 15% said they don't know. Elsewhere today, the World Health Organization has renamed the different COVID variants to try and stop stigma and discrimination towards the places they were first discovered. They've chosen Greek letters with the so-called Kent version, renamed Alpha, and the Indian one, Delta. Kent Online News. Other top stories today in a post-mortem examination has revealed Sarah Everard died from compression of the neck. The 33-year-old's body was discovered in Woodland near Ashford after she went missing in South London in March. 48-year-old Met Police Officer Wayne Cousins from Freeman's Way in Deal is charged with kidnap and murder. He's due in court next month. Residents near Maidstone have described a night of chaos after at least 100 people apparently turned up for a party at an Airbnb Property. The house on Plantation Lane in Bearstead is advertised as sleeping up to 10 guests, but neighbours say things got out of control on Saturday night. Police were called after a fight reportedly broke out. The Airbnb host has declined to comment. At Kent Online today, we've got CCTV images of a man police are hunting after an attack in Maidstone, which left a man in a serious condition. The victim, who's in his 30s, was assaulted in Brenchley Gardens near Station Road on Sunday night. He's being treated in a London hospital. An abusive partner who left a Maidstone woman with so little money she had to use food banks has been sent back to Scotland. The 20-year-old moved to Kent after meeting her through online gaming and started to control her life. A judge has ordered two police officers to escort him to Euston Station and put him on a train to Glasgow. He'd already been locked up for more than eight months while waiting for a court date. Now, you may have heard on previous podcasts about a huge backlog in cases waiting to get to court in Kent right now. There was already quite a delay and that got even worse when courts closed during the initial COVID outbreak. Well, today, to try and deal with some of that backlog, a so-called Nightingale Court has run for the first time in Kent at the Great Danes Hotel in Maidstone. Our reporter, Sean Axtell, is there. So, Sean, firstly, can you tell us about the setup of the court? What's it like and how different is it from a traditional court? Outside, the front of the Mercury looks no different with guests entering and leaving. But inside, a section of the lobby is transformed into a fully-fledged metal detection security gate. The guards search people's bags and belongings, just like you'd see in a, in a Crown Court, and I mean, it's a, it's a bizarre thing to see because while all that's going on, you've got piano jazz music playing over the hotel tannoy in the lobby. Um, now, the courtroom itself is set up in the four-star hotel's conference centre, and obviously hotels can't install docks like you have in proper court. But I was surprised, though, when I entered to see the defendant sat on his own desk at the back of the courtroom. It was almost as if he was the subject of a civil inquiry rather than a criminal trial. And to all the jurors, they're all spaced out on desks about two metres apart from one another, and the judge's bench consists of 
or a little more than a few tables pushed together in your obvious computer systems and whatever else. But the, the actual IT, visual and audio systems, look identical, pretty much identical to what I see daily in a Crown Court in Canterbury. And how have proceedings gone today? Uh, and despite the obvious hard work that's gone into preparing this, today didn't quite go to plan. Judge David Griffith Jones QC sent the jury home minutes after hearing a string of admin failings would prevent the case going ahead. So the court was shut before noon and will hopefully resume tomorrow morning if all goes to plan. Kent Online reports. A Kent charity is joining a national campaign calling on the government to rethink planned changes to immigration rules. Together with Refugees is a new coalition aiming to protect people who are trying to seek asylum in the UK. They say under the new system, the majority of people fleeing war or persecution wouldn't be allowed to stay in Britain. Half of those would be women and children. Bridget Chapman is from the Kent Refugee Action Network, which is part of the group. This is an initiative that we were keen to get behind um, because we believe that refugees fleeing war and persecution in their own countries should feel welcome, respected and understood as members of a caring community. And the polling backs us up. Um, We, along with the other partners in this initiative, commissioned some polling from ICM, and found that actually 72% of people in the South East agree that the UK needs an asylum system that is effective, fair and humane, so it can uphold its responsibility to offer refugee protection to those who need it. That's why we're proud to join together with refugees, because that's who we are in Kent. The government is putting forward some new legislation around immigration called the New Immigration Plan, And it is going to have a chilling effect on those people seeking protection. Um, If agreed by the UK Parliament, the new rules will mean that most people who would currently be accepted as refugees would no longer have their rights recognised in the UK due to their method of arrival. The fact is that there is no refugee visa that you can get from outside of the UK the only way at the moment to claim a refugee status in the UK is derived by irregular routes that people just don't have a choice about this and to penalize them for that we think is is cruel inhuman and is going to be ineffective because it's going to be very difficult to return people to other countries so we're going to be here with a lot of people who can't work, can't contribute, but who are stuck here in limbo. And that's not good for them. And it's it's not good for us. It doesn't work for anybody. Some stories from over the bank holiday weekend now. And a teenage boy has been arrested after a man was stabbed in Deal. It happened in Queen Street in the early hours of Sunday morning as the victim walked with a friend. His injury is not thought to be life-threatening. A 16-year-old from the town has been questioned on suspicion of assault. The family of a Dartford woman who took her own life before her ex was jailed for abusing her say they're pleased a campaign to increase sentences has been raised in Parliament. Gemma Robinson's former partner was jailed for just three and a half years for malicious wounding, something not covered by the unduly lenient scheme. If he'd been convicted of causing grievous bodily harm, her family could have pushed for a harsher sentence. Kirsty Robinson says her sister has been denied justice and let down by the system. I shouldn't be fighting. It shouldn't be like this. It should be pretty black and white of what he's done and what, what sentence he should have received, which is a lot longer than three years and four months. Absolutely disgusting. A debate's been held by Dartford MP Gareth Johnson. 
Kent MP has criticised an anti-immigration protest which saw four people arrested. Dover's Natalie Elphick said Saturday's march through the town was unfair on local people as it disrupted trade and tourism. Protesters blocked the A20 for an hour as police set up a roadblock around them. Now, an Ashford teenager who's been diagnosed with what's said to be one of the most painful conditions says she hopes to raise awareness and help others. Jordan Rossiter has cluster headaches, which she's described as torture. The 19-year-old was told she has them following a scan in London and now wants to support anyone else with the same thing. She's been speaking to Ish. So cluster headache is also named after um, suicide disease slash suicide headaches. Um, It's basically very, very intense pain in one side of the face, usually around the eye and the temple and that sort of area. And it can cause very bad migraines as well on top of that. And what is it that exactly you experience um, on a day to day? I mean, I I gather that this you started getting symptoms about three years ago, but only recently were you diagnosed. Yeah, I was only just recently diagnosed. Um, For me, it is... So the nicest way of putting it is generally like death without dying Um, because the pain is so intense. It is so like in your face. Um, It's just nasty. It's torturous because say, for example, just normal people without cluster headaches, they live their life day to day. Um, Unfortunately, we can't do that because if we just, for example, if we bend down to pick something up, um, and we bend down slightly in the wrong way, that sets off an attack. And then you're just going to be in bed all day. You can't eat, you can't talk, drink. And if you do finally manage to fall asleep, you're up again within five minutes for hours on end. And uh, you, you kind of allude to it there, but are there certain triggers which, which cause it? Yeah, triggers such as eating, drinking, uh, the wind, um, just anything really that involves your face um such as like even breathing sometimes um that can set it right off and and how how do you cope with it are there are there ways to try and manage it or um i do have prescribed medication um but some days it doesn't even take the edge off of it it's such a hard like disability to try and take control of and you mentioned that, I mean, you could end up in bed all day. I mean, that must completely um, throw any plans that you have during a day and complete, you know, put your rest of your life on hold, really. Yeah, there's been many of events and plans I've had to miss out on due to cancelling because of the pain. Jordan has set up a Facebook page to help others. We've got a link to it via our story about her at Kent Online, or you can search Jordan's hyphen CH hyphen story. This is one of our most read stories today because we've been looking at the details of a plan to improve traffic around a busy junction in Maidstone. The Wheatsheaf pub, which dates back to the 1830s, is being knocked down to make way for a new road system. The £16 million work is due to start next month, although the proposals are a bit complicated. You can see how the road layout will change at Kent Online. Also there, you can see pictures of a leisure centre in Ashford that's reopened today following a £7.5 million makeover. The refurb of the Stour Centre has taken a year to complete and includes new climbing walls, a soft play area and a bigger gym. Kent Online Sport. Football and former Gillingham player Matt Jarvis has announced his 
retirement. The 35-year-old joined the Jills in 2003 and went on to make more than 120 appearances for the club before signing for Wolves. He also got one England cap in 2011. And Dartford have made their first new signings of the summer. Luke Guanardio and Tyreke Hyde both returned to Prince's Park after previously playing for the club during the 2019-2020 season. Boss Steve King now has 13 players in place for their next campaign after agreeing deals with 11 of last season's squad. That's all for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Plus, you can subscribe to the IM News app and that will give you access to all KM Group newspapers. Just head to subsaver.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.